0: If Bitcoin's going to achieve its potential, its supporters need to take as much interest in people as in technology. That's the view of my guest this week, George Siosi Samuels, the managing director of Fire. Fire is a management consultancy which offers a mix of technical and community building advice to its clients, which means that George has an unusual perspective on how to make Bitcoin SV take off. So please enjoy, as I did, my talk with George Siosi Samuels. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So George, thank you very much for doing CoinGeek Conversations.
1: Not a problem. Um,
0: now let's start. You've got a complicated business life that <laughs> yeah. I'm very interested in because mm-hmm. it's, it's quite unique, I think. Mm. But let's start by your relation to BSV and how you're supporting bsv with your so your business is called fire correct which is the hawaiian word
1: yeah a a samoan word polynesian so samoan word for um spanning two divides like a bridge or bringing the village together that's actually what that means so we're
0: going to look at both sides of that bridge yes but let's start on the technical side which is uh, what are you doing with bsv
1: all right so Um, probably before I say exactly what we do there, a little context, um, so was involved with Bitcoin from 2013 days and, uh, over the years, um, my involvement there is what uh, eventually led me to follow the original path every time Bitcoin split. Um, and so with BSV, it is still, uh, in my opinion, the, uh, original path of, uh, the Satoshi vision and what has grown, um, into a business now is actually just assisting people um, in being able to integrate or see how they can integrate um, BSV into their own existing business, and this is where we have uh, Brendan Lee, who we are calling our head of technology for Fire, and he just brings another level of that understanding of Bitcoin uh, in a manner that can really um, assist others uh, in the enterprise space.
0: Well, Brendan has a great pedigree. Uh, yes. Apart from the fact that he's been on CoinGeek conversations. Yes. Um, he. <laughs> he also works for the Bitcoin Association. Correct. And before that he was with Tokenize, Correct. So yeah, you, you couldn't do better than have Brendan on board. I I, I'm still pinching myself, you know. So let's just understand a little bit more about Fire. Yep. Um, a customer comes along mm. and something that Brendan can help them with. What yep. kind of a customer and what kind of a, an issue would that be?
1: So looking at who's already been coming to us, um, a lot of these guys are usually either ecosystem builders. That's what we've identified them as. And what does that mean exactly? Ecosystem builders are uh, people who don't just have, they're not just looking at one product. So they might have one product, but with the intention of creating an ecosystem of products. Um, So uh, for example, uh, we have the the hand cash guys as as an example who have uh, come to us. Um, We also had uh, some other large organizations um can name some of those names No okay uh, but uh, at an enterprise level where they're looking at uh, applying blockchain um, or, or Bitcoin uh, for supply chain models. And so they've got uh, a lot of different parts you know to the solution that they're seeking. So, so are they looking to you for technical help? or So it depends. So we were talking before right there's two streams right. Okay. So this is how Brendan and I came together as well. And uh, so I was coming in from the more sales marketing side, um, people community management, cause that's a bit of my experience. And uh, Brendan comes a lot more strongly from the technical side. So we have clients who come for both s- services. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for Brendan, they'll come uh, typically for the uh, Bitcoin blockchain integration aspects. But when they inquire about that, they also re- uh, realize in their own efforts, whatever it is they're working on, that they would actually like help on the other side. Hmm. Right? So, okay, that, so what is the other side? So the other side is um, we provide uh, community growth and management. And we talked about this, what this actually means, uh, community growth and management services, which includes you know, branding, marketing, um, community management. And community can be anything from you know, a, your, your group of loyal followers, users, customers, etc. cetera. Hmm. Um, but the community aspect is what uh, allows for more stickiness around a product or brand. Um, so you don't just have people who are transactionally interacting with you, but they're actually developing into a group of people who um, will continue to buy from you. But they have um, a
0: relationship with each other, correct? As opposed to just with. Correct. Man.
1: That's a perfect um, analogy. Right. We often talk about the difference between an audience and a community. Mm. Like audience is one way, right? Mm. Uh, community is when you actually start getting the audience right. to talk to each other and they're developing relationships that way but it's still like tied with the brand or whatever it is that's being magnified.
0: So p- can you give me an example of how you mm. made that happen? <laughs> <It, it
1: laughs> yeah, um, I'll be honest, it was a complete accident, you know, um, <laughs> th- and this is the thing about business, you know, sometimes you just put stuff out there mm. um, and it just comes together. Uh, so there's a bit of luck involved. Uh, when I originally started uh, Fire, uh, the intention was for it to be a blockchain marketing agency now because of my involvement with uh, co-working spaces and enterprise community management which actually involved um, getting employees to work better with one another and creating a sense of community that way because that's what they were calling it Hmm. um, that uh, led itself to sort of the services that people were then coming to seek from me personally the blockchain aspect um, because i was already a little bit ahead uh, with bitcoin bsv i was already talking about it just advocating in general Hmm. you know so I never considered myself an expert like Brendan, um, but people would still also come to me to ask for like, the basics on that. And then when the cryptocurrency uh, mania happened in 2017 with ICOs and whatnot, there was this correlation, we talked about this before, there was a correlation between the strength of a community, I call them community sentiment, and the price with the cryptocurrency prices. And uh, I, found that fascin- I found that link very fascinating you know, what
0: you mean the higher the price the more the people were a community
1: yes you you would see and and this could be for better or for worse right so the more sort of um well you could even say like religious um they became oh, uh, I see. you would see the price pump like crazy and also but which was causing it was the, was the
0: price causing the community feeling or the community feeling it could be price. both.
1: It could be it, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it chicken and egg. You know, all I all I could remember because I'm a very like sensory type of uh, entrepreneur, if you want to call it that. So I spent a lot of time like listening to stuff uh, mm-hmm. on social media, etc. But then also looking at the data side to see like sentiment. There was a guy named Cliff High who I became a real big fan of, but he was creating this thing called, uh, Well, he had this thing called Webbot, and he was creating um, he, he was creating, creating predictions on price. Based on just the emotional sentiment hmm. of public Twitter uh, engagement, and uh, because it was an unregulated market, it, there was a direct correlation with you know how um, how people were interacting with one another. There were all these signaling um, groups and communities that they were calling, where they would go in and they would just tell everybody, "Hey, well, yeah, we're gonna um, buy a whole bunch or sell a whole bunch, oh. which is illegal yeah. um, <laughs> in a, in a lot of regulated the market. yes." And they would do this, and then that was causing people to feel like they were part of a community. That's
0: not the kind of community we want, Exactly. Really. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, this is where my issue as well with being very mm, careful what you mm. call a community versus not. Right. Um, but it is a field, uh, if people ha- haven't been aware of it, it's a field that is growing in the business but world. I mean, I can see this as a very interesting
0: thing to study. Yes. Like, you know, for instance, is it cause or an effect, cause yes. or effect, mm-hmm. but how do you actually Manipulate it, or yeah. manipulate sounds... <laughs> That's social charging. engineering. How do, you <laughs>
1: yeah. how do you sort of change it yep. in a good way? Yes. Um, so, I mean, you could see this... Okay, let's use Cambridge Analytica, right? So they were using that en masse for general social engineering, right? Uh, right, they were putting
0: yep. out all sorts of very, very specifically targeted
1: posts Correct. on the basis of the knowledge of the people receiving. Correct, them. and you know for political motives as well, mm. right? A positive um, way of leveraging community is probably if you look at uh, brands like Harley-Davidson, Harley-Davidson, uh, they, I would say they do have a strong community around their brand of people who have taken the brand beyond just transactions. Well,
0: that, it's a brand that people would feel terribly
1: strongly about, isn't yes. it? I mean, it's not just, here's a motorbike. Exactly. It? So it becomes a lifestyle, mm. right? Um, and I, that's the realm that I'm interested in, in right. the, how you can leverage the product or brand in a way that moves beyond, of course, just a transaction. Um, And I think this has gone through different iterations of what it's called.
0: But uh, are you in the business of Mm. trying to turn an ordinary brand Mm. into a sort of Harley Davidson style brand brand that people
1: will have that kind of commitment to? Yes. um, That is something that uh, I would say definitely we would love to do for our clients. Because if you look at it from a business sense. Mm. the benefits are you have people who keep coming back to you yeah. um and they see the brand as more as doing more than just transact, transacting
0: i, mean, I think just, just going back to hand cash yes, which you mentioned yep i mean i can sort of that you you're kind of ringing some bells in my head yep. in relation to that yep. because if you look on social media yep. there's a lot well you tell me right yes than yes yes yep but how do you see that playing out in in that as as uh, in that example
1: yep so uh it's, it's kind of more like I see what Handcash is trying to do more as a what Apple has done as well. Because you could say that they also have a lot of uh, loyal users, um, people who would do, I mean, they, they would wo- sleep um, outside Apple stores right every time there's a new product. Just crazy people. Yes, right? Because <laughs> it, it means something way more to them. And this is just the, like, the general gist of um, branding in general. Um, but to yeah, go to that next level with Handcash, they're looking to create an ecosystem. So Handcash is, isn't their only product. Right? They have other products that they're wanting to bring in. And so things like uh, story, narrative, those things do matter. Um, if you look at the Bitcoin space, to make it more relevant, because we actually didn't control the story and narrative, somebody else with a um, alternative motives was able to take the story and narrative mm. and take it down a different path. Right, But, but
0: when you talk in, in mm. terms of community, yes. I mean, in a way, you have to be talking about more than just manipulating people by marketing, Agreed. don't you? Agreed. So that it's a it's fine a line. Yeah, because in a way, manipulating a community seems even worse than just sort of ma- manipulating people with advertising. I, I agree. <laughs> so I how agree. do you how do you Steer down that
1: fine line. <laughs> <do you think? laughs> yes, um, I mean one of the things that, uh, at least I personally believe, there's an integrity part that we have to um, come from as well. Hmm. So some of our uh, clients, like actually one of our first clients, w- even when the ICO stuff was happening, right? Uh, you know, if we took a strictly results-driven approach, uh, if you wanted to grow a community, they were calling it a community, but it's more your user base. You could have easily paid money to just have bots. Uh, come into a telegram group and just get, you know, 20,000, 40,000, 60,000 people for like 100 bucks, right? And that would be the social engineering manipulation side. For us, we actually told them, even though they were willing to pay, we're not gonna do that because we believe in organic growth. I think Jimmy even spoke about this, like believing in organic growth. That's one way of being able to um, keep yourself from going into the realm of like hard direct manipulation. Mm. Because if you look from the psychology side, people side, whenever you're trying to influence anybody, even in a conversation like this, uh, there is some form of manipulation taking place, but it's when you get to the level of like Cambridge Analytica, where you can see clearly, right? There's like political motives. That's the side that, mm, yeah, it's, it's something that we personally as a, like, as a company do not want to get involved with, do not want to do. So I wish there was a technical solution to keep ourselves in check, but at the moment, we just sort of create it more as a, as a value piece for us that we always want to keep our integrity um, when we're dealing with these type of uh, issues or situations. So small things like, yes, not going and paying for bots, uh, you know, to, to spam telegram groups. Mm-hmm. We try to focus on as much organic growth. It means it's going to be longer. This is the thing about like community growth. A lot of the time it takes longer, but it also means that you're not just um, spamming pumping stuff hmm. because you can pay for it I, and, and on that as well there's, there's something I remember there was a line I forgot who it was um, but they were talking about like culture eats strategy for breakfast um, I don't know if you ever heard this line before
0: I don't think so no. okay
1: so it was I th- it was from some book I'll find uh, who actually said that but that's something that I personally believe when it comes to people communities like culture can be a very strong um, rule enforcer without needing things to be enforced by authority a lot of the time Mm. example is in uh, Singapore as well there's a culture set right that it's pretty safe and that if you're coming into Singapore don't do anything stupid because there'll be uh, consequences or penalties but you don't see any police around to enforce these rules so these sort of things we do think about uh, whether it happens to be for like an internal employee community Mm. or even for a customer community there are things that you can implement uh, that you usually consider maybe values right a company will have their manifesto and values Mm. that at the beginning when it comes to culture and communities you start off strong and then you sort of ease your way out um, or let go of the control later on but a lot of times people do not give enough attention to that upfront, especially in startups and then uh, they grow and then they try to implement stuff then but there's a culture that has already been set Mm. for that group from the get-go and it's usually a magnification of the founder and like what he's uh, leading by example on. Well, I know
0: that Amazon has this sort of list of sort of I think it's like fifteen kind of rules or mm. something, which is like the customer is always first. And yep. But they absolutely mm. go with that. Yes. And it's an, that's an example of a very very well implemented culture. Yes. I think it's not necessarily a natural culture, but yep. boy, does it
1: you know yep. go through the organisation from top to bottom. I think. Yes. And, and, and this is where all the systems actually uh, become it becomes very important that the culture and the values are tied, connected to the systems for, for hiring and mm. firing as well. So if you're really about these um, values that you've put out in a manif- manifesto or something, mm. then you should be hiring and firing based on that as well. Because it, again, it's like every little piece of that is a reflection of are we actually living up to what we say we do?
0: Well now, here we are. Um, we're, we're at the, the CoinGeek conference mm-hmm. in yes. Seoul. Yep. This is obviously, in some sense, a community. Yes. What are your thoughts <laughs> about this community and the sort of dynamics within it?
1: Yeah, we have our uh, right opinions on this. I, In the Bitcoin space, I am very cautious of calling any of these groups communities uh, because I have seen also, one, what is binding a lot of the people together. At the end of the day, it is money related and money has a lot of emotion tied to it. And I've also seen when things get really tough, how the community splinters very easily, right?
0: But that's just like a family, you know, that, that just because just there's
1: big rows, it doesn't yep. mean it's not a strong community. Uh, yes and no, um, because, hmm, that's an interesting one. But in this space, do people see each other, really see each other as family, or are they transactional relationships as well?
0: Well, funnily enough, we were both at the boot camp in Bali, yes, and one of the sort of thoughts that I thought emerged pretty strongly from mm. that is we are we're not just a group because we're all b s v sort of oriented, mm. but there is an actual incentive mm. for each of us for the other people to succeed, yeah because it brings more people into b s v yes and it it seemed to me like there really is a sort of um a genuine dynamic there Mm. that is pulling people together yep not just not just on a technical level but Mm. they really want each other to succeed yeah okay because it'll help them succeed yes but i mean it seems to work i don't know You're, you're more skeptical of that then
1: yeah interesting and usually i'm very optimistic but maybe i maybe i became a little bit more uh pessimistic because i've seen what happens after each split so at the beginning of each of the splits, um, it starts out this way. And then, because... <laughs> you mean it may look all right now, Yes. <laughs> and, and I will maybe stay committed to that, because mm. right after Cambrian SV, I'm not sure if you saw what happened on Twitter between some of the same people that were at that, uh, at Cambrian SV. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, I might yeah. have seen the odd, weird
1: yeah. posting. Yes. So it, it's, it's.
0: But I, I don't know. That didn't destroy the
1: whole experience. No, no, it didn't. Definitely not. So I still enjoyed. People still enjoyed. But it's just again uh, these relationships. And at the end of the day, not everybody gets along, right? So that's no. fine. Um, but I think when uh, Jimmy and them talked about the Bitcoin Society, Jimmy Wen. Yes, Jimmy Wen. Um, when he talked about the uh, Bitcoin Society versus it being a Bitcoin community, I agreed with that terminology a bit more because community. Again, if you start seeing people like family, but then you find out that actually these guys are just treating it as a transactional relationship, which has kind of already happened in some instances, Mm. then their sense of that community starts to break down and the identities also uh, start to break down. Whereas if it's just a society, it's like, okay, people can still have their camps and whatnot. I mean, I
0: I find this really interesting because you're sort of Mr. Community building, Yes. and yet here I am saying, no, look, this really is a community, and you're saying, no, no, it's not really a community. The people are not that committed to it. So, I mean, in a way, that's very impressive because Mm -hmm. you're not trying to sort of like label every time two people talk to each other as a community. community. You're being very, very selective and Mm. quite restrictive in your definition of the thing that you are interested in yes. working with
1: <laughs> I, i'm very much a fan of uh, the middle way um uh, miyamoto, miyamoto musashi's the book of five rings i don't know if you've heard of it it's a um, famous uh, japanese text and uh, he was a famous swordsman who apparently never lost a battle and he talks about something called uh, heiho which is um the middle way and i've always been a fan of the yin yang symbol mm-hmm. and so even though i'm for community i'm also for individualism And I'm always looking at instances of where like the cycles, you know, and how they're interplaying with each other. And of course, when it comes to community, I think people seek community, right? But sometimes in seeking community, um, maybe personal agenda items can get in the way. And what they're creating is not necessarily community anymore, but like something else. So an example, Facebook, they call Facebook a community. Would you, call, would you consider all Facebook users a community? No, definitely not. Exactly. They're right. just
0: the population of the world, basically. Correct.
1: <laughs> you know? I think um, people might, uh, maybe the more, because uh, I'm part Polynesian, so we do have this sort of um, view or, or culture where it's like, we try to consider everybody family, right? Like, whether you're a stranger or what have you, mm. we have that um, sort of impression with people. But I also acknowledge that um, there are some people who don't want that, right? And there are some people that um, do prefer transactional relationships. So, you know, there's a point too where community, I think, does just become a network of loosely coupled relationships. Mm. For me personally, community becomes about deep relationships. And usually that happens with smaller numbers. And Facebook has realized this, which is why they've now changed their mission statement as well, from just connecting the world to now creating more meaningful um, groups or communities. They're focusing on Facebook groups more than anything else because they realize connecting people is not enough. Um, Small world networks in the Bitcoin system, right? It hit me too when I was looking at, you know, how Craig was talking about small world networks. Um, I'm seeing this reflected everywhere. People actually want more intimacy, want smaller groups, and because Mm. having too many connections, there's no meaning anymore. You know, so that relationship part is where I think it is important for um, communities themselves. Uh, but if you're dealing with just a network that is transactional, keep it as such. But uh, it may not necessarily be a community. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Let, let's <laughs> round this off by yep.
1: going back to where we started. Yes. Which is the two
0: sides of your of fire. Yes. Which is the technology and then the people, really. And that. the people. Yes. Right? Now, as I said, we're—it's we're, not obvious—but we mm. are at the, the CoinGeek conference yes. in Seoul, and the whole sort of debate here is about how to move this BSV project mm. forward. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, there was a lot of very, very technical stuff that was way above my head. <laughs> yeah. Today, we're talking about business. Yes. Is it your view mm. that, in relation to the, the mission here? Yes we should be putting more emphasis on the, the people and the community end of things yes. to, make, to succeed than on the, on the technology.
1: Yes. A good example of this was when uh, Apple burst onto the scene as well, right? And you know, their opponents were Microsoft. And the, it's so classic in the technical world to think that like, you, how you will get adoption is by selling the technical benefits. Right. If you're looking for global adoption, if we say that that is our mission, you have to remember the end users. You have to remember, like, what is it that they are motivated by? Because in the Bitcoin world for miners, right, we have incentives that is very capitalistic that I agree with, that I think makes sense in that ecosystem with those rules. But what about incentives for people outside of the Bitcoin ecosystem uh, before they start interacting? what? E- what incentives can you have that doesn 't actually involve money because remember not everybody's motivated by money mm. and when we 're looking at branding and communities you 'll find a lot of time people will work for things other than money as well you know um, mm. and their relationship to brand you know people don 't buy the product they buy for they buy the product for what it can help them do elsewhere so I remember um, a, a friend of mine, Glenn Carlson, he was talking about how when people go to buy a, a, um, a drill bit, they're not buying the drill bit, they're buying like the painting or they're buying what the painting represents because it's, it's all connected. It's just an item that is connected to what really is meaningful for them.
0: Why a painting?
1: Well, say for example, uh, it, it's about moving the, well, the painting, right? It's like, why are you building, buying the, the drill bit? Is because you need to put a hole into the wall to put oh, to the, hang painting the painting on. Painting correct, wall. Okay, correct. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't make that connection. <laughs> it's like, what painting? Um, just as an example. I see. what you Yeah, mean. yeah, yeah. So, right, that product is serving a purpose for something else. Mm. And a lot of times, if you're coming from a selling the technical point, you're looking at one bit of the customer journey.
0: Yeah.
1: In the customer journey, what are they actually motivated by? Like in Asian culture, right? It might be to impress a boss. Like what they go to buy hmm. is to impress a boss. Um, so understanding that bit is, is is important. And so I think there's not enough focus on that the people aspect. Um, and I just think that in the future, I think the foundations that we have here from the technical s- uh, standpoint is important. But like if we're wanting global adoption, we need to start moving into that realm of like what a- Apple was able to do as well, right? They really made it... Mean something a lot more. They made people realize that actually people will buy for simplicity, not for all the technical features. The average person doesn't care. Hmm. Even when we're doing meetups and things, right? New people who are coming in, you can talk about technical stuff all day, Hmm. right? And then if they don't understand, and technical people like, oh, you're just stupid because you don't understand. Who are you building for again? You know? Yes, it's
0: interesting what you're saying about people's relationship, and an emotional relationship, mm-hmm. with the technology. Yep. In relation to BSV, I sort of get that, mm. but I wonder really whether, there's been a lot of talk in the businesses mm. that have been presenting, yep. about people really don't need to know much about BSV. That mm-hmm. is just gonna be going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And wh- what that brings to m- mind is that when PC sales were really big, yep. they used to say Intel inside, yep. because for some reason Intel mm. wanted you to know that its chips inside. were inside. <laughs> inside yes. But I mean, for most consumers, mm. they didn't care. They didn't. They yeah. wanted to see what the computer looked like from the outside and what it would uh, what it would do. Yep. But do, so, so I'm wondering whether BSV might be the sort of intel inside mm-hmm. of the products that are being developed on the BSV blockchain.
1: Yes. Uh, personally, I think yes. You know, it's not. It's also like mm, looking at the function of uh, Bitcoin and and money itself, right? If we are saying Bitcoin is uh, similar to like what the internet was, right? But it's just now just bringing that financial component. W- we don't. Um, when we're talking about businesses on the internet, we don't need to mention the internet when we're having those conversations. Mm. And uh, this is that point where the end user yet yeah, won't care as much. They just care about wh- how it will serve yes. their, <laughs> right? Whether it's playing a video game um, or, or mm. something else. No,
0: nobody says, do you like the way Facebook uses the internet?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, and I think this actually could be a good exercise for everybody. Mm. Like just try to say that to people Mm. out loud Mm. and replace the internet with bitcoin Mm. and you'll start to see how ridiculous it sounds so i i am of the opinion too that yeah bitcoin is the plumbing system right it's something that you know and craig has also talked about this it was Mm. it's boring and Mm. simple right but it's so vital um and so i think yeah the conversations do need to be focused more on what's being built on top of now which is happening which is great to see um and maybe at the beginning if we want to say powered by bitcoin or something we can but i do envision the future where like it just fades into the background Mm. and that would be a good sign because it's the same thing when it comes to um like uh, what we were doing or what we are doing even with community stuff and culture like when you're actually looking to intentionally create a culture within a community you you do all these things at the beginning and you're very vocal about it but the intention is like you sort of then just fade away in the background and the culture does its thing i see that the same way with bitcoin Mm -hmm. where it's like at the beginning you do need to be strong and that's what craig has done right he's like come back and he set the vision and um he's making sure that that's very strong foundationally and then he just fades away in the background so seeing what i'm seeing like it gives me a lot of hope um but yeah now we just need to start letting those foundations do its thing And we start focusing more on the products and the ecosystems that will really take Bitcoin to the next level. That's
0: brilliant. Thank you so much, George. Really, really interesting. Thank you. Thank you you very much indeed. (laughs) My thanks to George Ciosi Samuels. And if you haven't already done so, please sign up for the CoinGeek conference in London, which starts on February the 20th, just a few weeks from now. If you have an interest in Bitcoin SV, it'll be an essential catch up on what's happening. Finally, it would be very helpful if you could give a nice rating or better still, a review to this podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or just send the link to a friend. Thanks for listening and see you next week. From me, Charles Miller, goodbye for now.